Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim El-Wakil, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee, and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Storylog team. So today we're going to talk about Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And Captain America. And Captain America Civil War. You know, War. it was pointed out to me, yes. so I'm just going to get this out of the way, Go that on. I am stupid. Uh, the Dawn of Justice subtitle on yeah. this on on the Batman Superman movie uh, yesterday said, "Oh yeah, because it, it, isn't that you know it's the start of the Justice League? That's why it's called Dawn of Justice." Yeah. Oh, I said, of course, yes, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, You're a little touched, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. That yes, yeah, it's, it's a setup yeah. for the Justice. Totally didn't realize. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about because uh, these two films are very similar. They came out at the same time. Um, they were like a month apart. Very similar. One was um, really adulated and the other one was kind of panned. And uh, of course, in true contrarian fashion, we believe Batman v Superman is the good one and Captain America Civil War is the bad one. It's not terrible. Obviously, there's some redeeming qualities yeah, we need to it. Yeah, we, we but, need to kind of qualify yeah. that statement. And uh, we also want to couch this, this thing because the problem is it's such a polarizing thing in these things that it implies that like one is perfect and the other one is atrocious it's like that's not the case uh i think batman and superman is uh, we both do think it's actually really well done for most part but there are flaws captain america's of war is a lot of fun but fundamentally is actually quite dull and mediocre a film uh it's not anything remarkable uh whereas the sort of perception is the other way around, and um, but the, the the perception at the moment is so far in the other direction. Yeah, it's you know the it, Batman Superman is universally slammed, yeah. and so to try and pull it back to like a media uh, sort of a, a middle ground that where we are, it seems like we have to actually kind of really attack Civil War, which is not <laughs> what we're doing. Um, but to, before we get into the specific technical elements, we have to address the fact that hold on, you know, Batman Superman it did okay commercially, but critically was panned and Civil War the opposite it did extremely well financially and um, did extremely well critically and so why is it that it seems that the you know the audience is so out of touch with it and I think it's because fundamentally um, fans didn't want to see Batman and Superman fight to the death um they, uh, they, these characters are properly motivated to do that, which we'll get into in a minute. But if you actually go through comics um, and, sto- and uh, TV shows and cartoons, whenever Batman and Superman fight, which happens a lot of the time, there's always some sort of excuse, such as one of them is mind-controlled, or there's a misunderstanding, or one of them is the evil version of them from another future or from another um, parallel world. It's set in a dystopic future where they're fighting each other, everything's gone wrong, and so on. There's always an excuse. It's not really Batman. It's not really Superman. They're not really fighting to the death. That's not just Batman Superman, though, is it? That's other hero characters. Like, you look at um, uh, Age of Ultron. Yes. Hulk and Iron Man. Right. So in a in in both Avengers films and in Civil War, the characters fight, but every time there's the excuse. 
Uh, as you pointed out, in Age of Ultron, Hulk gets mind-controlled. In Avengers, Hawkeye gets mind-controlled. There's a misunderstanding between Thor, Captain, and Iron Man that causes them to fight. In Civil War, it's both. It's a huge misunderstanding, plus Bucky is mind-controlled for the whole film. Yeah. Uh, well, not for the whole film, sorry. For certain parts of the film, the whole film, it's a misunderstanding. And this is just weak writing. These are cliches. It's weak writing. Um, but fans kind of didn't want to see Batman and Superman go down to this level because fundamentally the collision plot requires you to empathize with two people that hate each other. And these characters, which is the collision plot, the subplot of uh, is is a subgenre of action. Yeah. Where two heroes fight each other. And, um, fundamentally these characters don't really work in the collision plot because they're so light and fun and they, you know, one of them dresses up as a bat. The other one wears the American flag on his chest. (laughs) Another one is like just a drunk in a suit and it's like they're so light-hearted it's hard to to bring them down like that. I think Batman v Superman and and obviously you do as well did that really actually fantastically well. I think it's the best I've ever seen anyone do that. But it's not like this is a new thing that people have tried to do. One of the big hypocrisies I've found is if you look at um, comics for the last, what, 30 years? It's pretty much been heroes fighting each other and always dark and gritty all the time, even Superman. Like, none of them get away with it. So, like, um, the Superman cartoon in 1992, which everyone loves... Um, that story is about Superman being uh, becoming someone so scary because Darkseid takes control of him that the human race gets scared of him. And that, in turn, becomes this whole plotline for Justice League Unlimited, which is the whole of the Justice League Unlimited is built around the fact that human the human populace is so scared of Superman that they build a military installation that creates supervillains to fight Superman, one of whom being Doomsday. Right? People love that cartoon but they hate the film that is essentially the same thing in the comics they had the dark side war and the justly comics by jeff johns and all these things where superman is not a nice guy he is not a symbol of hope or any of these things it's all dark it's all gritty uh the identity crisis infinite crisis all these things where people are being killed and murdered and raped to death in comics all this kind of stuff all the time this is all that sells in comics but for some reason, when it was done in the film world, they, they wouldn't buy it. And that's because there was no excuse. At least in the comics, there's an excuse. They get rebooted. It's alternate versions of them. Uh, in the DVDs, it's the DVD continuity. It's not the real continuity. Do you think there's something more permanent about having it there in, um, in, in film canon? And also because they're, they're real. That, I mean, Ben Affleck's an actual human being. Oh, I see. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, they're, saying, they're also yeah. real. Like, I agree with you. Like, it's the film continuity, but because they're real life people as well, there's this big stamp of this is the real Superman and Batman, and why are they behaving this way? And it's like it doesn't gel with the idealized version that they have of these characters, which is really bizarre because if you read the comics, those versions of those characters haven't existed since like 1970. Like, Superman hasn't been the Christopher Reeve Superman for longer than I've been alive, right? <laughs> I haven't grown up with that guy. I, I I love that guy when I, you know, for me, Superman is, is Christopher Reeve, but he, Christopher Reeve wasn't making those films when I was a kid, and I wasn't reading comics where Christopher Reeve was like that. 
I have to go back to find the comics of Spider-Man and Superman that I love. So there's this sort of hypocrisy element to it of what people were expecting and so forth. So what I'm trying to say here is like, yes, obviously uh, one was hated, but I, I don't think it has anything to do with the actual quality of the film. I, In fact, to, to make my point, I think it'd be very easy for Batman and Superman to have solved this. Um uh, sort of hostility of the fans and get them on board with going down this dark route, which they are willing to do. They've done it before, but for some reason they, you know, they wouldn't accept the reality of it in, in the film. And my feeling is a, a simple solution would have been. Do you, want, do you want to do solutions now? Or should we save that for later? I'll, I'll do it now because I'm, I'm thinking if I can just explain like why Batman v Superman and Civil War, why we're on opposite ends, why I think that actually the fan reaction is wrong, then when I get into the technical things, it's not just um, bashing Civil War, which is not what I'm trying to do. But um, the if they had opened the film with the future that Batman dreams about, where Superman's taken over the yeah. planet and all that, if they'd opened with that, and in that they set up things that went, uh, the wrong that like they mentioned in the film like you have to save Lois Lois is the key right and Superman mentions you took her from her and we presume he's talking about Lois if they'd set up a few other things like um, I should never have saved you in the doomsday incident that kind of thing these cryptic elements then as the film plays out the audience is looking for those linchpins of history and if something goes the way that they said it went in the future, they go, oh, they're heading towards the darkest possible timeline. Yeah. And then the audience has a sort of excuse, which is they, they're trying to not go towards the dark world. They're trying to go towards a better one. Uh, and that might get the audience on so playing the game of yeah. how dark is this going to actually get. They're set up for, oh, this is how it's going to get dark. Whereas what they didn't, they didn't do that. They just kind of went, we're going to just put you in these sort so of you're, essentially world. you're saying to the audience at the beginning don't worry this will get dark but we're going to solve everything yeah you see it, here's the thing if you do one of the presentational genres is the kids story the children's story and that has a very important mood which is it'll it'll be okay yeah and Batman v Superman, even if Could you're in your 30s. Could someone Pixar then? Because Toy Story 3, that was, that was not going to be okay. Yeah, it was. You knew <laughs> it was going to be okay. It's like, hey, look, it's going to get sad, but it'll be okay. Uh, but Batman v Superman, it's like they never kind of tell you it's going to be okay. Civil War, they do. There's a sense of it's going to be okay. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, it's going to be okay. Um, but Batman v Superman, they, they get rid of that. And I think fundamentally, even if you're in your 30s or your 40s and you're watching Batman v Superman and it's dark and adult... It's still a kid's story. And you, you, you kind of need that reassurance, that little escape hatch that says, hey, it's going to be okay. Uh, and people are not willing to play... They're not willing to play the game of dark tragedy with characters that are fundamentally children's characters. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't have a problem with Batman being a children's character. Uh, and I think the way they did Batman vs Superman was really good. Um, but I'm willing to go along with that. I think a lot yeah. of people weren't. And you think the problem was that most, because it really was most people weren't really yeah. willing to go along with that. Most people just weren't willing to go along with it. Whereas Civil War, people were willing to go along with anything because um, it was just a lot of fun, it's glamorous, um, and they've been set up for 12 films that this is going to happen. So that's the case. Whereas Batman v Superman, that, that wasn't the case. So I hope I'm making that clear that like, 
Um, Batman Superman, I, we're going to show, hopefully, we're going to explain, is better than Civil War. And that will hopefully, like, te- you know, elucidate some in- in- interesting you were, writing principles. You just from a technical point from of view. From a technical point, it's better. And the reason why it didn't do nearly as well is not because of the quality of the writing, but because of something to do with the perception of the audience, which is they didn't want these two characters to fight to the death. For and you could you know the psychological reasons for that, but whatever. As I say, it's something to do with the kids' story, something to do with hypocrisy. You know, people like fans don't like Zack Snyder. Fans don't like Ben Affleck. That kind of stuff, you know. People really didn't like Ben Affleck being Batman. Mm. You know, they were they were making jokes about Daredevil and stuff, and it's just like he's an actor and a director. What was what, this nonsense? So that there was a lot of childishness there, and a lot of the bad blood of Batman and Superman has nothing to do with the film and everything to do with um, the sort of reaction around it. And I I'm not one who normally goes well. The reason the film did badly is because of the audience, uh, but in this particular case, it's absolutely true. It's it's very 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 rare that I would say that, but in this case it's true. This film was attacked uh, before it opened mm. by people who saw advanced screenings and were telling people not to go watch it. Whereas, say with the Force Awakens, uh, people had a two week hiatus on all spoilers for everyone, and Force Awakens was not a good film. And people came out and go, yeah, it wasn't that great, but it made me like Star Wars again, whatever things. But there was this thing of like. No one talked about it for two weeks. Everyone was like really cautious about making sure no one could ruin it. Batman v Superman, exact opposite. Before it came out, uh, I remember with John Carter, it was panned, but it wasn't panned by audiences. It was panned by um, critics. By not by not even really by critics. It was I, panned, I, I it was heard panned, it panned by critics. Yeah, but it was mostly panned by Disney itself. Disney didn't want uh, it to well, do it. Yeah, but so but so it's really rare that you get a thing where before the film comes out the entire atmosphere is made toxic. Uh, either by things like Variety, the press, who say, look how much it costs, look at the extravagance, look at this actor, don't we all hate this actor, scandals, things yeah. like that. That's generally what causes a toxic atmosphere that causes no one to see it. But um, with Batman v Superman, in this particular case, the toxic atmosphere was created by the fans who kind of claimed a sort of entitled ownership of how these two characters must be portrayed, even though they were portrayed in the most popular way they have been for the last 30 years. Okay, let's let's get on to some nuts and bolts. Then. Yeah, okay. Uh, what do you want to start with? Well, uh, we talked a little bit about motivation. Let, well, let's do that. Yeah, okay. So as I, I pointed out, motivation, um, when you do um, uh, action... Um, the subgenres uh, sort of break down depending on the nature of where the conflict is coming from. So is it coming from the environment, like in Jaws, for example, it's from a shark or a disaster movie, right? Is it coming from institutions? So is it like a tyranny type story, a rebellion story? Is it coming from criminals? Uh, is it coming from time? So back to the future or, you know, X-Men days of future past that kind of thing or is it coming from individuals you know gang leaders and some smaller world when it comes from individuals one of the ways you can do this is the collision plot where you have two heroes finding each other so the conflict is basically the hero is split between two characters and those two characters fight it out 
And sometimes there is a villain manipulating them. Sometimes the heroes are also the villain. Do you always need a villain? Um, in action? Uh, sorry, not always. Need, of course you always need a villain. I mean, do you always have a villain manipulating the two characters? No, uh, you don't necessarily have to have a villain manipulating characters to have a collision plot. Uh, you could, for example, Looper. Uh, remember the Bruce yeah, Willis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon love it. There's no villain manipulating them. They're trapped in a collision because they are both hero and villain. Sure. So, uh, and the way it works is at the beginning of the film, Bruce Willis is pretty much hero. Joseph Gordon Lovett is pretty much villain. And as the story goes, they switch. Sure. And so at the end, if you remember, Bruce Willis has gone full villain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Joseph yeah. Gordon Lovett actually becomes a full hero, right? He sacrifices himself. Yeah. So you don't need to have a villain pushing them, but the idea is you can't ignore the villain role. So where in action you need the villain because yes. the villain is what generates the spine of action. So you need a villain. So the options are either the heroes are the villain, yeah, or there's an external villain who is manipulating them, or some combination of the two, which is the case with Batman and Superman, by the way. Batman and Superman both have elements of the villain. Batman more so than Superman. Um, and Lex Luthor is also manipulating them a bit. Um, so, But in the collision plot, the big thing is you have two heroes, so the audience empathizes with both. And you have to motivate them effectively to fight to the death. They can't just have an argument. Because then it's not action. Action's about life and death. An argument, so what? You need them to be fighting to, to, the, uh, to the death. Two heroes. You empathize with both. And so the big question is, how do you motivate the audience, the characters, to fighting to the death and keep empathy? And uh, there, there's some really great ones, like Troy. Remember Troy? Yeah. That was the heart of Troy. Achilles versus Hector. Hector's full hero. Troy's hero villain. Uh, the X-Men prequels, Magneto and Xavier, right? Magneto starts off hero, becomes more villainous as the story goes on. So Batman v Superman is um, a collision plot and you need to motivate them. And as I said earlier, when uh, you're motivating these characters, the two big cliches are mind control and misunderstandings. One of the characters is tricked into finding the other one by the villain or whatever. And this is the reason this doesn't work. The reason these are cliches and they don't work, is because they don't motivate the character to fighting them to the death. That's the problem. Because as soon as... They're not interested in killing them. They're interested in solving the, the misunderstanding. Because the, the, the plot has a ripcord, basically. The plot has, it has an off switch. Yeah. So in Troy, for example, um, there is sort of a misunderstanding, right? Hector kills uh, um, Achilles' cousin. Yeah. There's a misunderstanding there. But actually... The misunderstanding is he wanted to kill Achilles. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a misunderstanding, but they're not fighting because of a misunderstanding. They're fighting because they're in a war. They have to kill each other. We don't want Achilles to kill Hector. We don't want Hector to kill Achilles. We don't want them to kill each other. We want them to somehow work it out. But at the same time, it's a war. We yeah. know that they can't, and we accept that one of them is going This is why the movie dies after that fight takes place. After that fight, the film loses everything because that film is a really... The core of that film is the fight between Hector and Achilles. And yeah. once Hector dies um, and that resolution plays out, we don't care about the sacking of Troy. Yeah. It's too late for that. Uh, and it just carries on for 30 minutes and loses all the, uh, the emotion that it had. So, but you see, like, you have to motivate them. So Batman v Superman said okay how they got Chris Terrio and Ben Affleck on board and Chris Terrio and Ben Affleck did Argo together right and Argo's excellent 
Okay, Ben Affleck is a serious, serious filmmaker now. He's not the guy who did Pearl Harbor anymore, right? He's moved on <laughs> past that. He he's not the guy who's a jerk in more rats. He's a serious guy. Like he's so good now, he can do Gone Girl. He was the bomb in Phantom, so he was the bomb in Phantom. But he was in Gone Girl, right? He was the yeah. star of Gone Girl. He didn't write that. He didn't direct it, and he's excellent. Like he's become a proper actor, proper director. He understands story. And he, Chris Terrio, that he brought Chris Terrio with him, who wrote Argo, and it's just excellent. And the two, and they, they sat down, and Zack Snyder, I didn't really appreciate this until this film. Zack Snyder is a true collaborator. He listens to people all the time. He did it with Man of Steel. He obviously, Nolan and Goya had a huge hand on Man of Steel. That's not a full on Snyder film. Snyder listens to people, which yeah. is excellent. It's really rare you get that. So he listens to everyone. So they had to motivate these characters. And so they go, how do you motivate Batman into wanting to kill Superman? Like, honestly, how do we do this? And they went, fear, paranoia. He's terrified of Superman because Superman is terrifying, right? And they just made that so clear and so perfect. Now, I heard, I don't know if this is true. I heard that originally um, it was Man of Steel 2 and Lex Luthor was the one in Metropolis watching Superman destroy Metropolis. And that was Lex Luthor's motivation. Ah, right. And they went, we want Batman in the film and everything. And they went, okay, we'll give Batman Lex's motivation. And whoever did that, I think that's an improvement. I actually think that wouldn't work as Lex Luthor's motivation because it's built on a misunderstanding of the character. Lex Luthor just thinks Superman's evil. Mm. You just show him he's good. That's not enough. Lex Luthor's twisted inside, right? You can't just go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's because Superman's uh, really bad. So, oh, actually, no, Superman's okay. Yeah, we can get on now. That wouldn't work, right? He has to be more deep. It wouldn't work for Lex. wouldn't work for Lex. But But for for Batman, Batman. absolutely perfect. So I I remember when we saw the trailers, right? And we're just like, this is a brilliant idea. So... That's how you get Superman to do it, and then oh, sorry, Batman to just kill quick, quickly. But I don't, I don't want to dwell too much on the fan thing. But yeah. um, going back to that, I remember one of the big um, criticisms I read after yeah. seeing the movie and trying to figure out why people hated it. Um, someone said, "Well, well the, the motivation of the characters wasn't clear." Yes, what? Why and, did they do this? And yet, the motivate Batman's motivation is stated in the trailer to the movie. See, here's what's interesting: when someone says, "What's the motivation? Why are these characters doing anything?" And you go, it, as you say, like it's in the trailer. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, it's not even in subtext. It's so clear. That tells you the problem is not the film; it's their empathy. Sure. Because if they can't even grasp the motivation of a character that's specifically stating it to the audience without irony or subtext, and they can't pick up on it, that tells you something is telling them in their heads: you are not going to like. Don't enjoy this. Everything is like okay. Is that because the film couldn't get them on board? Or is it because something, there's a piece of baggage that's stopping them from even watching it? Sure. And in the case of Batman Superman, it's so clear that the baggage is to do with the fans' mm. own personal views because of the ridicule it received before it came out. And I don't mean like, oh, when they cast Ben Affleck. I mean the week it came out, you had the early things and people were jumping on the bandwagon of it's terrible before they saw the film. So when they went to see the film, they were already trying to hate it. If they saw it at all, lots of people didn't even bother. And they still rip on it. So do you see what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see why my analysis here is, is not, oh, fans are just stupid. It's like, there's something actually quite twisted here 
that stop people from wanting to enjoy it. It's really toxic. Yeah. That's why I'm trying to get that out of the way so I can talk about it technically. And yet I keep bringing it up. No, but no. What I mean is, <laughs> is I, I want to we talk about it technically. Um, I want I don't want people sitting there going like, yeah, but I I didn't. It's like I don't. You have to distant. Like if you want to learn this stuff, you have to realize what is caused by you and what's caused by the writer. You, you know, I've told you about this before about the internal extrin- intrinsic and extrinsic contextual criticism that people do where people generally criticize a work based on totally extrinsic factors that have nothing to do with the story like oh yeah uh star wars empire strikes back is uh, misogynistic it's like why well based on the way the patriarch it's like that has nothing to do with the film like what are you talking about the film doesn't do anything like that um and so people take these like it's the old it's the old thing from marx Karl Marx sort of started doing this. And it's just where, like, oh, yeah, depending on the economic background of the author, that tells you whether or not the, film, the story's good or anything. It's like, yeah, it's nothing. what are you talking about? Herman Melville's racist. What? This kind of nonsense. It's all extrinsic. Uh, in, but you have to actually recognize authorial intent and see if they're doing it properly. So if you, if you hate Batman v Superman because of something completely extrinsic, like you don't like Ben Affleck, that doesn't help you as a writer. At all. That's just that's just going to kill your ability to write, because you're just you can't tell the difference between writing and talking about a story. You can't tell the difference. Yeah. So that's why I want to make it clear. But anyway, so Batman. How do you motivate Batman? Right. Motivate Batman with fear. How do you motivate Superman? And they realized that was. I think they came up with a really brilliant idea, which they tried to do Man of Steel and they didn't do it effectively. But in Batman Superman, they managed to make it work. Which was, Superman wants to do the right thing because he thinks he's supposed to do the right thing. But he doesn't know what the right thing is. And when he does it, people don't react like it's the right thing. They get annoyed with him. They complain. Uh, You don't have the right to do this. Um, You hurt people doing this, etc., etc. And Superman's like, "I, I do not know how to fix these things. And then there's that great moment where uh, the best Park Kent we've ever had, Kevin Costner, like his death in Man of Steel was brilliant. Like he's such a good Park Kent. And he tells the story of um, how he tried, he saved his farm, but accidentally destroyed someone else's farm. Hmm. And it's like, there's, you, you don't, you do the best you can and you just don't know how it's going to turn out. And I, one of the reasons I loved Park Kent in Man of Steel, it was the only thing I really liked about Man of Steel, and in this one, is because Park Kent is a real, I think, a real person. He's not, an, he's not like a sort of idealistic mentor archetype from Joseph Campbell type thing. He's actually a person, and he just doesn't know. He do, he's like, I recognize how far out of my depth I am with you being Superman mm. I give you the best advice I can but I don't know what to do and I love that because that means Superman has to kind of grow up and he has to learn these things himself and people complain like okay he, di- he didn't save enough people but I'm like actually that's not the point like he's trying that's what makes him a hero so and that's what Batman Superman says like he, his trying is what makes him a hero not the fact that he does it like it's not the powers that make him a hero; it's the fact that he tries it. So, how do you motivate Superman into wanting to kill Superman? You like you keep pushing him further and further into a position of frustration where he can't tell what the right thing is to do anymore, and he doesn't know how to fix things. Which is why at the end he's like, his plan is he's going to go to Batman. He doesn't want to kill Batman. 
His whole thing is, I'm not going to kill Batman. I'm going to get Batman on my side. And he goes, you don't understand. Batman's like, I understand. Right? They have their fight. Uh, and then he hits. And the brilliant bit is when, he, when Superman gets hit with kryptonite. Yeah. And he realizes Batman could kill him. He didn't think that was possible. He was never under threat. He was just trying to get Batman, stay down. You know, if yeah. I wanted it, you'd be down. He's like, J- don't just listen to me. I don't have the time. And if I have to just beat you up, that's it. But like, he doesn't want to kill him. Batman does that and he's like, I could get killed. Like Batman actually wants to kill me. He could kill me. I And then my mother dies. I don't know what to do. So his, this character now is in this situation where he's never been in this situation. And he's actually, it's a self-defense thing. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm not prepared for this. He's outplayed. And so how do you get Superman motivated to kill, willing to kill Batman? I'm like, that's brilliant. This is totally in character as well. This isn't like this isn't like a bizarre take of Superman and Batman. This is really in character motivation. And really that's good. and that takes an hour and a half. An hour and a half before they fight. Yeah, an yeah. hour and a half to motivate to, this hero to yeah. the point where he has has to yeah try and kill Batman. Or hour and a half to motivate them. I mean, the, the discipline it takes to write a summer blockbuster film, action film with the two biggest like kids characters and sit down and go for 90 minutes I'm going to psychologically motivate these characters to a point where they're willing to kill each other it is so brilliant Batman you Batman gets there obviously a lot earlier he does um uh you know from from pretty much the opening sequence you know <laughs> yeah exactly you know you know Superman's in trouble uh, yeah. but Superman being um I think would be a harder character to get there and I uh, my feeling was when I watched it was you need every minute of those 90 yes. to get Superman to uh, that point. And I haven't seen it yet, but apparently the Blu-ray has an extra 30 minutes of footage that I would... On the front end or the back end? I have no idea. I think mostly on the front, and I would love to see that because, uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I, uh, I I get very bored very quickly in films, and uh, this is almost three hours long, and I saw it twice, and neither time did I notice the time. I, it just didn't drag for me. I was just so enthralled both times because the way they're building on these characters was just brilliant. And um, uh, and and of course, motivation is key because once you bring these characters into this situation, here's the great thing. You see, look, if you're motivating these characters to the point where they're in a situation where they're willing to kill each other, it becomes so exciting because the audience now sits down and goes, how are you going to get out of this? Yeah. I, that's the moment you need for me in an action movie. You need right. that point where you go, I just don't know the answer to this. Right. You're not set. You can't second guess it. You just don't know the, right. what the writers are going to do. The characters are in true danger. Yeah. And you don't see the out. Okay. You you think they're probably an out, but you don't know what it is. And they got there with this movie because there's the they look in that fight when he gets hit with the kryptonite and, yeah. and Superman finally tips over the edge into okay. Yeah. Now what I have to do is try yeah. and kill Batman. There's also fear on his face yeah because he realizes that i'm now fighting one person who can actually kill me right and and not only that i, I actually remember when, when i watched it for the first time and superman lands to see batman and batman goes here i am yeah. right and i i remember i went i just shuffled to the edge of my seat going like how are you getting out of this <laughs> like seriously i was just like this is brilliant because batman's really going to kill him yeah like there's no hesitation right we know he's going to kill him i'm like i don't know how you're going to get out of this this is crazy. I've never, I've never seen. So- In fact, now when I think about it, when it comes to glitch and plots, I, I can't recall the last time where I really felt like 
like with Hector and Achilles, I knew Hector doesn't make it out, yeah. right? But this might I don't know how you're going to get out of this because uh, they both have to live, right? Yeah. So how do they do it? And it has to be in character, and it has to be brilliant, and it has to be a, a beautiful payoff to a fantastic setup. And like, hey, and I went Martha, and I'm like, this is genius. Yeah, now this is one of the this is one of this the is, sticking points for me, but genius for you. I thought you it was know the history genius. of the characters, and I wasn't. And also, a guy at the beginning of the film sort of oh, says, "Yeah, the guy in the audience <laughs> right? when I watched it ruined it." So when I watched the film. Uh, Park, uh, not Park, I'm sorry, uh, Thomas Wayne dies and he says, Martha. And of course, normally he says Bruce. I, says, I think it's normally he says Bruce. If not normally, then at least he did in the Nolan films. He says, yeah. speaks, speaks to Bruce. But in this one, when Martha went, oh, that's a nice choice. And I totally filed it away and forgot. And I've read Batman and Superman since I was a kid. I am a huge comic book geek, all this stuff. I do not recall anyone ever pointing out that Superman and Batman have the same their mothers have the same name and when he says Superman's Batman is going to kill Superman he's going to spear him to death with a kryptonite spear and he says and and Superman just does the one thing he can he says save Martha I was like that is brilliant that's a rush of insight that's longer than my lifetime you know I've gone this this dates back to 40s 1938 is Superman and 19, oh, yeah, 1939 is Batman, I think. Yeah. So, like, it goes all the way back to that. And, like, these characters are created independently. Yeah. There's, it's just a random thing. And so it, it gets ripped on a lot, the Martha thing, all right? And it, this is one of the things that really annoys me about, you know, people ripping on it. Why I, why, I, why I went into that whole thing about extrinsic things. Like, you're having a go ripped with Ripped on it. in the movie or ripped on... Well, no, fans. Fans stuff. are memeing it and everything. It rip, no, they're taking the piss out of the Martha turn. Oh, from from this movie, yeah, right, all the time. Um, and the reason uh, that it, I made this whole point about the extrinsic stuff and everything was people aren't respecting how brilliant that is to find a setup like that in characters and turn that into the motivational reason for why these two characters don't kill each other is excellent writing. It's excellent writing. This is the kind of thing where people are sitting down writing and they go, I am your father. Oh crap, that's brilliant. This is the holy grail of writing to find an invisible setup that no one will see coming, that is completely in character, that changes everything that came before it when you reveal it. It's the usual suspects type twist, you know? That thing, this is so hard to do, so hard to find. And to do that, I was just... um, And the thing is... It makes perfect sense because Batman, throughout the film, does not see Superman as a man. He sees him as an alien. Even in the fight, he goes, you're not a man. Men are brave. Right? He's Mm. constantly calling him the alien. He doesn't think of him as a human being. When Superman says, save Martha, Batman can't deny his humanity. He just can't. It's too much. He can't deny his humanity. And as a result... That is what we needed to get Batman to accept that Superman isn't the enemy that he thought he was. You needed something like that and that save Martha. That's brilliant. I think that's just and of course, brilliant. when I saw the movie, <laughs> yeah, when I saw the movie, when that, that right at the beginning, when uh, when his dad said uh, Martha instead yeah. of Bruce, what I had at the 
at the back of the cinema behind me was some guy going, hey, just say Martha, yeah. as loud as he could, announcing to the whole cinema. So yeah. I just had that ringing in my head. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, Martha. Hmm. Maybe that's important. <laughs> yeah, it's stuck in your head, right? Yeah. For me, no. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just, I was just, you know, what, two hours later, they pay that off. I'm like, oh, that's so, so good. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, it annoys me because it's such... It's such a brilliant piece of writing that people aren't respecting. It's one thing to say I didn't like the film. It's it's another thing to not recognise how how brilliant that is as a term, to, as um, an out for that set. It's just great. And um, yeah, let's so. let's let's shift to Captain America then. Okay, so in Civil War, so all this stuff I just talked about motivation, right? All this stuff in Civil War, they are not motivated at all. At all to fight to the death. There's no reason for it. The film stops three times. If I'm right. Ends three times, right? Yes. They get caught in Berlin. Remember, they get caught in Berlin. Black Panther catches them, whatever. The police arrest them. That's the end of the film. They've got Bucky in custody. There's no reason to kill Bucky. Black Panther can't kill him in custody. Captain America doesn't have to kill anyone. Iron Man doesn't have to kill anyone. No one has to kill anyone. There's no death. There's nothing. It's solved. The film's over. But they restart the plot with... Um... Then they restart it. Zemo comes in and mind controls him. Yeah. And, and then he gets captured by Captain America. And Captain America goes, so Zemo's behind everything. And you go, yep. And you go, okay. That's the end of the film. And then... The end of the collision plot, you mean? Yes, yeah, the end of the yeah. film. And then um, the they go to the airport and he says, like, Zemo's behind everything. And Iron Man's like, yeah, I've decided not to listen to you for no reason at all. Great. Then they have their fight. And then Iron Man, the next scene after this goes, oh yeah, Zemo is behind everything. I was wrong. That's the end of the film. And then uh, they have to try. That's why at the end of the film, they're trying to motivate Iron Man to get into a fight with the videotape of his dad. It's like, you know Bucky got mind control. You know Zemo is behind all of this. Why would you fight Bucky? It's like, you killed my mother. Like and and like Captain America didn't tell him, and it's like, what? What do you mean he didn't tell him? Captain America didn't even really know. Like it was kind of hinted at in Winter Soldier, but he never really knew. And it's just like, this is not motivated. This is not in character either. And that's another thing. They're not in character. They're on the wrong sides of the Sokovia Accords. Captain America is a soldier. Of course, he's up for government regulation. Iron Man. Iron Man's the guy who in Iron Man Two went, I have successfully privatized world peace. <laughs> right, Iron Man's Iron Man's mo, mo is this: I make a problem, I fix it. What Iron Man would do is he would make a governing body of himself and other people to regulate themselves, and it wouldn't be government sponsored. There's no way he'd trust agendas or anything like that. Captain America and him would go. I think we should we should be held to a higher standards than our own. We should go through the appropriate justice system, etc. That's what those characters would do. That's what they did in every film. Except in Civil War, they just decide to switch the roles. For Why? It was the same problem in the comic books. In the comics, they had that same thing. Plus, the Sokovia Accords don't matter to the film at all. I wrote a synopsis of the Captain America Civil War film for the action book, and I forgot the Sokovia Accords, and I realised afterwards that I left them out. And I, I don't need to put them in. <laughs> they have. There's no point for them. You could have opened the film with the Geneva uh, thing getting blown up and with by Bucky. That's it. The reason Iron Man and, T- and Captain America are on opposite sides is not because of the Accords. It's because 
Bucky is the suspect in the blowing up. That's the, That's it. So the motivation is Captain America has to choose between two friends, Iron Man and Bucky. But Iron Man isn't motivated to kill Bucky. You needed to get that thing. If, if they had opened with Bucky's, uh, with it being exposed that Bucky had killed his parents. And like Iron Man's like, we have to get this guy to justice. He killed Black Panther's dad. He killed this guy's dad. So forth. He's an assassin. He has to be held to justice. And Captain America's like, he's been mind controlled. So it doesn't matter if he's been mind controlled, says Iron Man. You know, we've got to do this. But that's not the case. And so the motivation is fuzzy. They're never motivated to kill each other. And so at the climax, when they're fighting, you never get the sense that Cap and Iron Man are actually going to kill each other. It's never there. There's also... Um, it's just, as I pointed out, it's it's literally a civil war. Yeah. <laughs> civil disagreement. Yeah. There's um, the, the scene as well, the the, um, the airport scene. Yeah. Which is the best sequence. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Yeah, it's great lots of fun. fun. But even in that sequence where the characters face off against the, each other, yes. the characters know they're not motivated. Yeah. They state as much. Yeah. To each other. Yeah, Hawkeye and Black Widow, right? Yeah. Yeah, Hawkeye says, uh, we're still friends, right? Exactly. So, what do you... so there's no... Where's the war? Exactly. Where is it? What's going on? Uh, Ant-Man's making jokes. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's making jokes. There's no sense of danger in the film. At all. Do you think they consciously stayed away from that to keep... I mean, we mentioned the kids' movie at the beginning. No, um... I don't think. I don't think it was a conscious decision. I think it's just a mistake. I think if you actually watch the film, it's 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 really clear that we are supposed to get reinvested and it's like, this is the end of their friendship. Right. It's not the end of their friendship. Their friendship's never really under any... It, they just argue. It's it, They just argue. There's never a sense that these two characters could get motivated to a point where they're willing to do anything other than argue. Like, Tony doesn't even want to arrest Cap. It's just so weak and empty. Do you see what I mean? Like, there's no motivation there. It's not that they don't have they don't have a desire. They're motivated, but they're not motivated enough. They're not motivated to the death. Yeah. And if they're not motivated to the death, then what's the stakes? What's the stakes of the film? It's not life and death. So, what's the stakes? Is it Bucky? Is Bucky the stakes of the film? Bucky's life. That's it? That's all there is to the film? Whether or not Bucky lives or dies? Is that the whole point of the film? Like, what's the stakes of the film? And here's the point. Batman v Superman. You take a note at where Batman v Superman starts. Okay? And it starts with this. Superman has defeated Zod, but he has changed everything. Everyone is terrified of Superman. At the end of the film, Superman has become a symbol of hope, but unfortunately he's dead. Right? And Batman has decided he's going to help make the Justice League with Wonder Woman. In other words, he Superman has gone from this terror, this nightmare, to um, in death, he's become the symbol of hope for that they are going to, that they're going to usher in a new age of heroes. Right? Yeah. Captain America Civil War. At the start of the film, Captain America and Tony Stark are friends who are Avengers who aren't really regulated by anyone. At the end of the film, they are friends who aren't really regulated by anyone, but Captain America doesn't live in Tony's house anymore. That's the turn of the film. That's what I mean by they're not motivated. 
It's not that they don't have reasons. It's not that they're, you know, forget it. Let's say they're on the right side of the fight that you want. They're like, whatever, it's in character, fine. All that stuff. They're not motivated enough. They don't, they're not willing to do enough. There's nothing, there's no stakes. They're not fighting for anything. They're not doing anything. You know, you, you people complain like about stories that are very small, uh, like education stories. But these characters go to the end of their line and changes happen. They go from a meaningless life to a meaningful life. But like maybe all that they do is like in About Schmidt, for example, all that happens is Warren Schmidt um, sends a letter to a kid. But that's enough to get this huge change. He's yeah. motivated for meaning. In this, like they have all these big fights and all these things, but they're not motivated behind them. So you have these lovely set pieces. They're, 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 you know, there's two scenes in the film that are really cool. There's the Berlin chase and there's the airport scene. They're lots of fun once you're in them. But getting into them and getting out of them, there's nothing there. They are motivated in the slimmest, weakest ways. And what that means is you never get that moment, which is... How are they going to get out of this? And because you never get that, there is no great payoff. And I think already, the DVD hasn't come out yet, but I think already it's starting to show that really this film is just the airport scene. There really isn't anything to it. I think I, I had a different version of that yeah. scene, that feeling, that how are they going to get out of this? Mm. And when they're fighting at the end, when you have Captain America um, uh, kneeling above Iron Man and he's got the, um, the shield, he's got the shield, mm. And he raises it, and uh, Iron Man's lost his helmet. So you yeah. know if he strikes him in the head, you know this this could be the end. Yeah. Except I had this overwhelming sense that, of course, he wasn't going to kill him. So I wasn't asking the question, mm. how are they going to get out of this? There was a different tone to the question. It was more like, okay, how are you going to get out of this satisfactorily for yes. me? Yeah, the right. question isn't uh, in terms of like, what are the characters going to do? It's what are the writers going to do? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's like you've. That's that's that's, not, that's not an emotional question. No, that's an intellectual no. one, right? Yes, there you go. and that's like in, in Batman and Superman, you're like emotionally, it's like I, I'm really invested in this. I'm really excited. How are you going to get out of this, right? Whereas in yeah, as you say in Civil War, it's like and you're going to solve this how? Yeah, smoking my pipe, scratching my chin, <laughs> and it's like, and the thing is that you could. The, the thing is they don't. If you're going to the problem is is like this standard that I'm holding them to of motivation. It's not that you have to do it like Batman v Superman or whatever. It's that if you're going to make your story about Captain America and Civil War fighting to the death, which is what the film is about, yeah. you actually have to motivate those characters to fighting to the death. Misunderstandings and mind control don't do that. They never do it. And so as a result, the film fails. That's it. It doesn't matter how much fun it was. It fails. And the more... It, and I, yeah, I, for, I, from a plot point of view, because clearly just, from box office point of yeah, view, it did. But fail. it's gonna. And the thing is, oh, and clearly from a time point of view, it failed because I'm convinced in a few years people will not care for this film. Avengers has shown its age already. The first one. Yeah. Right. People go. Oh, yeah. There were some fun bits. That's it. That's the best you can hope for the Avengers. Avengers: Age of Ultron has already been derided straight out the gate. No one likes that. That film is not done well. Then it did well box commercially, but everyone's like that was rather disappointing. Civil War, people really like it, but it's going to get more and more disappointing as time goes on. Uh, whereas uh, Batman v Superman, I think might you never know might uh, might it might come back. People might get over it, but but like the, what I'm trying to say is I'm not saying Civil War is bad because it's not Batman v Superman. I'm saying 
that that motivation doesn't exist and so civil war can't do the thing it's promising its audience it will do which is give you a satisfactory fight to the death between cap and iron man or even not even necessarily a fight to death but a satisfactory conflict between these two characters these two characters fighting is the driving force of the film it's called civil war okay the whole film is about their collision and to get a collision properly done, you have to motivate these characters effectively. They are not motivated effectively. The whole film kind of falters. And so, anyway. Are you going to let me play devil's advocate just for a moment? Yeah, you can. Batman vs. Superman came out first. Yes. All um, Obviously preceded by the, the toxicity. Um, yeah. And so you watched that movie and you enjoyed it. Yes. Um, it took me a while to then go and see it myself. But you saw that movie, you enjoyed it, etc. Were you already hating on Civil War before it came out? So, yes and no. Um, I really didn't like the comic. I thought the comic was really bad. And as I was watching the trailers, uh, I kept going, where's the motivation? That's all I kept asking in the trailers. I kept thinking, they haven't put the motivation in the trailers. There's no motivation. I thought there might be in the film. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite willing to accept that, you know, sometimes trailers just don't advertise the key things. But I was watching, like, I'm really worried about the fact that there's no motivation in these trailers. I was sitting there watching the trailers, like, that's a cool bit. That's funny. That's cool. I was really excited for Spider-Man. Like, super excited for Spider-Man. <laughs> like, under uh, 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 Russo. I was like, this is so cool. I was so... And Black Panther as well. I was really excited to see those characters. But at the same time, like, this looks like it could be a lot of fun, but they have to solve this problem. They have that. That has to be in the film. Hopefully, it is. And I remembered Zemo is in the film, but he's not in any of the trailers. Yeah. And I thought Zemo might be the solution. So I kept hoping that they would solve it. And I sat down and I'm watching it, and I actually had the thought you had because by then the toxicness of Batman and Superman had so upset me, and I was just sitting there watching it, going like, "Am I hating this because yeah. I want to?" And I'm just sitting there going like, "Guys, just give me a reason." And after the second time they ended the film, I'm like, "No." This is the problem is the film. It just keeps stopping. They, they don't have a spine of action. It, they, they keep ending the film because they haven't motivated the characters effectively. This is just bad writing in any genre. It's not a real shame. But, um... Okay, well, let's... Let's, let's end it there and we'll do a second one on this where we'll talk a bit more about other aspects because this is just about motivation. We'll talk about other aspects. That, that's probably a sensible plan. Okay. Okay. <laughs>